0: all right, what's going on, guys? PJ Championship wrapping up 2022. Justin Thomas, an electric win there in a playoff. Can you ask for a couple more popular players in a playoff with having Will Zalatoris right there, right at the very end? A must make putt. He had to get up and down. He had uh, actually a number of up and downs. Uh, uh, it's number six from the concrete, number eight, and then, of course, clutch on number 18 to force a playoff with justin thomas and of course mito going in the water uh that was heartbreaking i i really kind of felt sick for him for a few minutes just uh that five minute window where he puts it in the water with the driver i mean should he get gone with the driver off the tee so many questions we have as we look back on the pga championship what a week it was second major of the year in the books so what were your takeaways what did what do you guys think of that finish i I look at the week, and I was out there uh, from Tuesday night on, so I was Wednesday through Sunday on the course. I was mostly in the TV trucks doing some video editing, but I was out and about a little bit uh, towards the end. Uh, once things had gone off the air, I, I went out and walked up towards the clubhouse and ran into Mike Thomas, who I've known for about seven, eight years, and then he had a smile on his face. But I, I asked him, what, what has it been? Like, what, you know how do you look at the last few months? He says, well, the last few months, really, since our win of the players last year, it's been a dry spell. It's been frustrating. And and that's kind of, as a competitor, as as a very strong competitive coach as well for his son, they expect a lot out of of his game. They expect a lot out of both of each other. And so it was interesting to hear that. And also he did talk about looking at what this means and what they've really been working on. I said, "What what is the key? You know, what What have been the kind of biggest changes for you? And he said, well, we, we work on, on physical. We work on golf swing all the time, nonstop. So it's not like we made this amazing, uh, ch- you know, swing change that allowed this to happen, right? It was more about just having the right mindset, going in uh, to a week like this and just uh, being more positive, basically, is, is what Mike Thomas was getting at with me. I have getting him in the right frame of mind. That's that's where he wanted his son, and and obviously he found a he found the right gears on Sunday and and delivered a pretty impressive finish there. A lot of doubters. Uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg asked uh, Justin Thomas there in the press conference afterwards, "What do you think think of all the doubters?" That said that you shot yourself out of it Saturday, and and uh, Justin had a pretty nice comeback. Uh, uh, saying, hey, well, they sure called it, huh? You know, he's a lot of uh, a lot of needling with JT. Actually, I asked him about that. His ability to needle, his love to kind of to give people grief and, and, and trash talk. What is he going to do? Like, how much is he relishing uh, trash talking with his his peers and, and friends on tour? He's got two PGAs now. Rory's got two PGAs. Uh, he's got Tiger, Charlie. There's so many people he could uh, josh around and make fun of. What's he going to do? And, and he basically said, well, it speaks for itself right? The a Trophy, they know how big it is. And you saw those victory poses he struck there in the press conference, leaning up against it. He looked confident in his skin, obviously, with that trophy. So he, his point to me was more it's just like, let the trophy speak for itself. Now, at the very end of the presser, uh, there was a a reporter who asked him about Tiger. And he did say that that Tiger had said that uh, they, had a, they had a phone conversation Saturday night, and and JT said, hey, how you feeling? He said, oh, I'm feeling terrible. Well, why? Well, because you keep falling down the leaderboard. So there were all these things he's pro- he said that he's probably going to give him grief. That is Tiger. You want to say, oh, why'd you shank it on 16? How can you didn't make the putt on 18? That there wouldn't even have to be a playoff. I just love all of the the dialogue, even in JT's mind. He already knows he's going to get a lot from his older brother, Tiger. Uh, Tiger Woods. So j- just a lot of fun stuff behind the scenes. It was cool just kind of seeing um, the property, though. I, if we talk about other takeaways from the BGA Championship, to see Southern Hills. I was out there for the first time, never been. Uh, the range, I talked to a lot of players about the facilities, really awesome facilities, and Joel Damon made a point to me yeah. about bermuda grass like bermuda on the fairways and that's a very rare thing because it's so hard for it to grow back so he liked that 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 simulated what you get on the course what you get from the fairways um there on the driving range. So little things like that were good. Tony pina said that the chipping areas were as good as he's seen around the country uh, at any course. And the, the chipping areas, if you watch on TV, anytime you saw Amanda Renner do interviews on CBS, right, in the background there would be about three or four pins and some bunkers. Those are some of the short game area. Uh, that that we're talking about that Tony was raving about, Kevin Streelman was raving about with me, Stuart Sink. Um, you know, Streelman also made a point uh, about the greens on the on the driving range. You saw the bunkers, right? The number of bunkers uh, guarding the greens on the driving range, very intricate, right, and very well designed, a lot like the course. Um, but he said that the greens, it helps, and the greens are receptive on the driving range and it really kind of simulates a second shot you're hitting into a par 4. So, that was a big takeaway uh, looking at the facilities as well from Streelman. So yeah, it, just a lot of different thoughts from from the week, but those are kind of the ones that come to mind. And as I mentioned, Jordan Spieth. I did speak with him. Me and two other reporters spoke with him after his round on Sunday. And we we cover a lot of ground here. And he he really digs, I think, into some pretty thoughtful answers here when we talk about his takeaways, how he's feeling about his swing. Going into a week like this, I mean, he said it felt foreign. His swing felt foreign. This is a guy who missed a playoff by one the week before, the day before he shows up at Southern Hills. The next thing you know, he doesn't know what's going on with his golf swing. We saw that that kind of pre-rehearsal thing that he would do where he would kind of take the club back like 80%, like he was maybe going to swing. He would actually close his eyes is what... um, Luke Curtinine from golf.com was was saying, was tweeting, and it's a good point. So basically, he was searching. That's what I'm saying here. He was searching almost all week with his golf swing. So he gets into kind of his takeaways from the week, from the swing, that how his putting went. Obviously, the pressure of the PGA Championship uh, closing the Grand Slam. Is it going to happen? What kind of confidence does he have in that happening at some point? So there, there's some really good things here. I ask him... Um, So a British writer starts by asking a couple questions there, and then also I get into asking him, looking ahead in the schedule, uh, the other major championships, U.S. Open at Brookline, what he's thinking about that, obviously U.S. Open's the keys for him, typically, and then also the Open Championship. St. Andrews. How can he not love a question about St. Andrews and and how well he played there the last time it was there? What kind of confidence it brings for him? What it means to have an open there? So we we get into kind of open championship links golf a little bit. The challenges, the nuances of St. Andrews, and then beyond that, there was a Golf Channel uh, editor who was asking him a little bit about the college days. So you're gonna hear some reminiscing about the old days of Texas playing Justin Thomas playing. Uh, the PGA champion, uh, two-time PGA champion uh, in one-on-ones in 2012, their epic showdown that they had uh, back to oh, hard to believe even, even Jordan can't believe it's been about 10 years. So a lot of fun stuff we get to here with Jordan. So just wanted to wrap up the PGA championship, but he has some really thoughtful answers. I think you're going to enjoy what we have here and we'll, uh, we'll get to it here on beyond the clubhouse.
1: What's going on? how are you um obviously jordan not the week you wanted can you just sort of sum up, assess it from your point of view oh uh, yeah
2: i um actually it was the best i've stroked it this year and it just didn't show on the greens i had um they really tricked out on some of these pins and i got on the wrong side of kind of guessing some of the double breakers wrong early and so the hole started to look really small and um you know, putted it really well today and had two that I missed from inside of five that I thought I hit good putts. And then I looked up and they were missing the hole. So um, stats show it was on and around the greens, but to me, it, I just got really off with the swing. Um, from last week, Sunday to Monday, I came out Monday and the club felt foreign to me. It was very odd. Um, I couldn't really world. hit any, <laughs> I mean, it was wow. I just, I couldn't find any positions the whole week. I ended up kind of making it work, but um, yeah, a bit frustrating, you know, coming in with momentum to you know a tournament that I really wanted to win and a you know, course condition that I and, and layout that I you know liked ahead of time and, and still do, but um, uh, just really just didn't play well.
1: It was the and, uh, it was the put on seventeen like, that kind of put you were talking about there? Yeah, I mean, like we nearly hold it off the I tee. I nearly and, hold it yeah. off the tee,
2: and then I hit a good chip, and the wind kind of came in enough to where it stopped. You know, where it was a downslope and I started the putt this far outside the right edge, and it didn't even touch the left side of the hole. was like. I'd love to re-see it because I don't think I pulled it at all. I don't yeah. normally pull putts, and uh, I think it just broke like a cup and a half from three and a half feet. Just bizarre. Um, but then I hit some this week where I play the break and then something happens and it shoots straight. It's, the hole just looked really small this week, but I'm going to greens I love next week.
1: Yeah, and you got obviously a lot of talk this week about the career Grand Slam, and there will be every year going forward. Are you confident that you will uh, that you will complete it? Um, I'm confident that I'll give
2: myself chances on the weekends going forward. I mean, that's about as far as I can go from there. You know, you can play as good or better than somebody else. And you could also play not quite as good and the bounces can go your way. I mean, that's how winning happens um, in professional golf. So, uh, you know, I played better a couple other weeks that I didn't win than the week I did win this year. And so I I just, my, my idea is to put myself in position with 18 holes to go. And this week, I really had an opportunity yesterday actually to really you know brave the conditions and do so and um just just didn't make anything
0: speaking of trying to get a position I know we've got a month till the U.S. Open but how much are you looking forward to getting out to Boston and Brookline?
2: I am I don't really know anything about it I've never been there and I don't know much about it and I'm not going to be able to make it there ahead of time so uh maybe that's a good thing for U.S. Open just go in plain slate and um you know you don't kind of have a lot of worries, don't go here, don't go there. Instead, it's where to go sometimes when you, when you have a little less time to prepare. So um, plan on getting in maybe the Sunday before and get used to the speeds of greens and, and how it's going to play. I think, I mean, I don't, you know, US Opens for me, I've, I've been driving the ball a lot better this last year and a half, which gives me a chance at a US Open. If you don't drive it straight um, and far, you don't have a chance. And I've been doing both really well this year. So um, I didn't this week, but I got, I, I, confident I can figure it out by then.
0: Speaking of confident, um, not to look too far ahead, but the open championship, obviously familiar with St. Andrews, does it give you confidence knowing it's going back there this year? Yeah.
2: St. Andrews is is all weather dependent. I mean, more so than probably any other open venue. If the weather's um, nice, it's a pitch and putt. Um, (laughs) And if it's not, it can be one of the harder tracks we play all year. And the last open, I think it was still double digits under par, but we had enough wind to cause delays and not be able to finish rounds so um, I'm excited I mean the old course at St. Andrews is you know it's a bucket like bucket list type of course to play and to be able to play an open championships there is it's like to me it's like maybe even above Augusta I mean it's it's so special to play open championships in St. Andrews so um, having one at the Masters probably second coolest thing you can accomplish in golf in my opinion is to win an open at St. Andrews so I'll I'll be um, certainly looking to prepare as best I can for that.
1: You sure? Yeah. You, you sure you want that on the record, Jordan? Go <laughs> well, having, I, that's why I said having uh, right. won the Masters. <laughs> right. Having won the Masters now,
2: I think this is the second coolest thing you yeah. can do is to win an Open at St. Andrews. I don't think I'm the only one that would feel yeah. that way. So
1: I'm wanting to Thank change you. gears and talk a little bit of Texas golf. 10-year anniversary of what y'all did at Riv is coming up. Coach Fields kind of said that that win saved his career. What do you think it meant for the trajectory of of Texas men's golf? Did you feel any extra pressure to win for him?
2: No, I mean, I was 18
1: years old (laughs) I was just playing to play. Um, What do you think it did for Texas golf though? Yeah, a lot. What Uh, y'all did that year? I think it did
2: a lot, but he also had a lot of highly talented, recruited players coming in, Bo Hostler, Scotty Scheffler, to name a couple, Doug Gim. I mean, guys who are contending and winning and now winning majors out here. so I think he already had those guys coming. Um, he had already done a lot of good work. We had won a lot of tournaments that year. I think it was icing on the cake. So I think he may he may look at it one way, but to us, I think it was icing on the cake from a what from a special year of winning whatever it was seven or eight times. Um, we just had we were having fun. I mean, it's thinking back. It makes you just want to go play that way now. But it's just so different when you're traveling with a team and. Um, you know pumping each other up and stuff like that and you know now we're rooting against everybody <laughs> we're playing against uh, so it's it's a bit different but I certainly miss those days it's craziest 10 years
1: well and it was you and JT and JT had won the Nicholas award the day before did you know that he had won Award? yeah I was award? standing on the green did, did that did I that give you like, any
2: I think it was like 0.08 shots
1: oh did that give you um, any extra motivation in that sure. final match
2: yeah absolutely but I think neither one of us we, we didn't need any motive, extra motivation we wanted we wanted to beat each other really bad. We've been playing against each other since we were young, and at that point in time, we we didn't speak a ton. Like, I mean, we were friends, but just from junior golf. But we weren't like talk, you know, every day kind of friends. Um, it was all about how can I help my team, and so we were. It was a it was go hard at each other, trying and, trying and to beat each other down as best we can, and we needed no extra motivation.
1: Yeah, and then you said you were so young. Ben Crenshaw speaking to y'all before you left, what did that mean to you at that age with what all he had done and, and what part of Texas golf he was?
2: Well, so he and Tom Kite were just stay very involved there in Austin. And I think it was really cool to have them around. So it was not uncommon for him to to meet or, or talk to us, or, or we go have dinner at his house. It wasn't an uncommon thing for our team, it probably still isn't. Um, but obviously an amazing, I remember going with Cody Gribble and playing with Ben Crenshaw at Austin Golf Club my freshman year. So. Um, for him to host guys on the team and be such a supporter he obviously won national championships there so um, But he doesn't have to go do that kind of stuff and it's it's such a such a benefit such a nice kind of I think kind of added element in recruiting too when you have a hall of famer and legend of the game That's that stands so involved with it, both of them. Mr. Kite as well.
1: Yeah, you think they get it done this year?
2: I think that I wouldn't bet against them yeah. um, they got what three of the top ten, maybe ranked? Yeah, Cameron and um, the Cooties. Yeah, and uh, and then some guys right behind that can shoot low scores on, on difficult golf courses. Sometimes it's four and five guys this year. have been have been posting some significantly. Like they, they don't rely on those those top three. Um, and depth is what you need when it comes to match play. Yeah. yeah. Thanks,
1: guys. Well, Thanks so much, guys.
0: All right, my thanks to Jordan Spieth for chatting with me and a couple other riders after his round. He didn't do any TV, none of that. It was just us, uh, very casual, and he's moving on to the next majors. And I like what he has to say. There's some some confidence with with where he's at with his driver. Remember, like he said, the last year and a half, he's been feeling confident with his distance, his accuracy with the driver. That's a huge key, knowing what he knows and playing 10 past U.S. Opens, finishing in the top 21 four different times course winning in 2015 so this guy is starting to to figure out some some of these majors i mean listen he's been at this for a while but there are certain ones that fit him better than others i don't know if the u.s open is the very best fit i mean i love him in the open championship of course as we know going back to st andrews and the comfortability he has i love what he had to say about the course about the old course the bucket list aspect of it and um, yeah there's just so much I think looking ahead here in the schedule so hope you guys enjoyed this chat with Jordan Speeth. he's got US Open on the mind of course and then eventually the Open Championship to wrap things up so anyway we'll catch up soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse